into a blessing, Heavenly Father. God, we thank you, God, for those that you've opened up the windows of heaven for them to start new journeys in their lives. God, we plead the blood of Jesus that you will keep their window open and you'll bring these people back into the kingdom of God, that they will know that you and only you control all. We thank you, God, that you are a provider, a healer, the master, the sovereign God, the most high God, the God above all gods. We thank you, God, that you're the God of miracles, the God of change. We thank you, God, that even though the devil tries to discourage us, we can stand on your word, Heavenly Father. We can stand on your history, God, for all that you've done for mankind, humankind, for the creation of this earth. We thank you, God, that we understand clearly that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And no demon force from the pit of hell could ever have more power than God. God, we thank you for the changes you're about to make in each and every one of our lives, how you're going to turn curses into blessings, how things are going to turn around, God. We thank you, God, that you're giving us the opportunity and the privilege, God. To, to walk with you and see that abundant life that you have for us. We thank you, God, that despite this criminally insane, targeted individual program, a program of induced helplessness, that God, as long as we know you, that devil could never win this fight. He could never win this journey of making us ever feel helpless because there is no such thing in the kingdom of God. With God, there all things are possible. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for being the God of impossible, for being the God of miracles, for being the God of change. I thank you, God, for turning things around, Heavenly Father. God, I give you the praise. I give you the glory. I just thank you and I praise you and I exalt your name. God, I send special praise out for that family. I just read about a young lady in her car got stopped uh, by a police officer in Texas for wrong signal, and now she's dead, and they're trying to cover up the police killing by calling it a suicide. I rebuke that lying, deceptive spirit in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, God, for special blessings over every targeted individual, those that know about this sick program, God, that not one of them will be killed under the disguise of suicide. I praise your name, God, that you will keep the truth in the front line. I thank you, God, that that will not be happening to none of us. None of us have ever been suicidal, and these demons have to be made to stop lying and killing people and saying suicide. We bind that demon spirit up in the name of Jesus. God, we ask you to give that family the strength to show these people a lying, that they, to do, God, just do miraculous things to help that family, God, to let the truth be out. And God, I, I put that police officer in your hand. Holy Spirit, I ask you to take over that situation. Let that police officer know that you and only you, God, have the right to take someone's life away. We bind up demons being used in those forces. We bind up mind control programming being used on innocent police officers that may not even know what's going on. But we bind up demon spirits that are, that are being used to cover up even if mind control was using it to, to, to cover up in the deception and the lie, we bind up that spirit in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that anyone would use to kill somebody and think they can get away with it, Heavenly Father. We bind up every single thing associated with mind control programming. We bind up in the name of Jesus electronic torture, income lynching, job mobbing, that and just the overall... Uh, induced helplessness, the sabotaging, the harassment spirit 
In the name of Jesus, we plead the blood, the blood, the blood, that that stuff will have no effect on God's people, that God's people will find a way to stand beyond that in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood for turnarounds, Heavenly Father. We plead the blood for the day that demons will be running from God's people, that demons will be trembling, as the Bible tells us they're supposed to be when God's people get busy. We bind up the spirit of discouragement. We bind up every single thing that is not advancing the work of God, advancing
Muslim, Psalms 137.7. Synopsis, the doom of Edom for their pride and wrong unto Jacob. The deliverance of the chosen people and the exclusion of Edom in the of self. It is notable of how little God's prophets tell us about themselves. Their own history being in question, they are reversed and quiet. This is unprecedented in literature. It is quite different than an author should be as self-forgetful as the prophets of old were. We, t- we tend to want to know faith and form, manners and experience of those who write what we read. No prophet is more withdrawn from the public view than Obadiah. His name is all we know about him. Many have researched him, hoping to connect him as the godly chamberlain of Abla in the time of Elijah, who shielded so many of the servants of Jehovah from the wrath of the wicked king. 1 King 18.3 Some have tried to identify him as the teacher whom Jehoshaphat sent to instruct the people in divine things. Still others have thought he might be the overseer who superintended the restoration of the temple in Josiah's day. But none fits the circumstances of Obadiah's case. Obadiah means the servant of Jehovah, or the worshiper of the Lord. When Obadiah makes known to us his name only, it is as if he does not care to disclose anything further. He is saying by not saying more that he is content to be one of God's true worshipers and that alone. We may rest confident that his his was a very thorough and unaffected piety. He was a man of great patriotism, loving his country and loving his God. Survey of Obadiah. Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old Testament, 21 verses, but it carries one of the strongest messages of judgment in the Old Testament. For Edom, there are no pleas to return, no words of consolation or hope. Edom's fate is sealed, and there are no conditions of possible deliverance. God will bring total destruction upon Edom, and there will be no remnant. Obadiah is Edom's day in court, complete with Edom's arraignment, indictment, and sentence. This prophet of poetic justice describes how the judge of the earth will overthrow the pride of Edom and restore the house of Jacob. The two sections of Obadiah are the judgment of Edom and the restoration of Israel. So section 1, the judgment of Edom is 1 to 18, the restoration of Israel is uh, verses 19 to 21. The judgment of Edom, verses 1 to 18. The prophecy of Obadiah centers on an ancient feud between Edom and Israel. The Edomites were descendants of Esau and had a grudge against Israel because Jacob, Israel, had cheated their ancestor Esau out of his birthright. Genesis 25:21. The first section of Obadiah makes it clear that the coming overthrow of Edom is a certainty, not a condition. Edom is arrogant and feels no fear, anticipates no doom because of its secure position in Mount Seir, a mountainous region south of the Dead Sea. I bet you they had a lot of money. They were arrogant. They didn't think they needed God. And Obadiah was telling them judgment is coming. 
its central its central city of Sala Petra is protected by a narrow canyon that prevents invasion by an army. The people were proud and confident and did not dream of disaster. But God says this will make no difference. Even a thief does not take everything, but when God destroys Edom, it will be totally ransacked. Nothing will avert God's complete judgment. Verses 10 to 14 describe Edom's major crime of gloating over the invasion of Jerusalem. Edom rejoiced when foreigners plundered Jerusalem and became as one of them. On the day when one should have been allies with Judah, she instead became an aggressor against Judah. Edom will eventually be judged during the coming day of the Lord when Israel shall be afire. But the house of Esau shall be stubble. And um, Obadiah talks about the restoration of Israel, verses 19 to 21. The closing verses give hope to God's people that they will possess not only their own land, but also that of Edom and Philistia. So they will ultimately uh, conquer that land after all. Just another lesson in being proud and aggressive. Like I said, they were probably also, you know, financially well, and just, you know, they felt they didn't need God. So God brought judgment. And uh, was uh, Obadiah's story. Very, very little known about Obadiah. He wanted to be known as a worshiper, a prayer warrior. Beautiful. Now an outline of Jonah. Obadiah is real short. Jonah seems to be short, too. The first commission of Jonah is discussed in Chapter 1. It talks about the disobedience to the first call. The judgment of on Jonah is, ex, is exacted. The great storm is discussed in Chapter 1. The great salvation of Jonah by the fish. The prayer of Jonah is in Chapter 2. The deliverance of Jonah, Chapter 2. The second commission of Jonah's chapter 3, the obedience to the second call, how he was obedient. The judgment of Nineveh averted, how the, the great fast is in chapter 3. The great salvation of Nineveh by God is in chapter 3. The prayer of Jonah's chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. The rebuke of Jonah by God, chapter 4, verses 4 to 11. The Christ of Jonah. Jonah is the only prophet whom Jesus likened to himself, but he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will be son of man three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh will rise in the judgment with his with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. Matthew twelve thirty nine. This is actually Jesus vouching for the reality and truthfulness of the book of Jonah. Jonah's experience is a type of death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. The Hebrew idiom three days and three nights only requires a portion of the first and third days. The 
keys to Jonah, the key words, the revival in Nineveh. God's loving concern for the Gentiles is not a truth disclosed only in the New Testament. More than seven centuries before Christ, God commissioned the Hebrew prophet Jonah to proclaim a message of repentance to the Assyrians. Jewish nationalism, however, blinded both God's prophets and covenant people to God's worldwide purposes of salvation. The story of Jonah is one of the clearest demonstrations of God's love and mercy for all mankind in the entire scriptures. The key verses, Jonah 2, 8, 9, and Jonah 4, verse 2. The key chapter is Jonah 3. The third chapter of Jonah records records perhaps the greatest revival of all time as the entire city of Nineveh believe God and proclaim a fast and cry out to God. Wow, if you get a whole city to do that, that's a real blessing. Survey of Jonah. Summary. Jonah is an unusual book because of its message and messenger. Prophets like Joel and Amos and Hosea are without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Besides them, we see our own shortcomings, and we know what manner of men our Lord would have us to be. Others, like Jonah, are far from faultless. They are genuine servants of God, but servants who sin and fall, whose loyalty is not steadfast and immovable, and foolish complaining was healed of all the diseases of his spirit like many a wayward child. He learned to sorrow over his self-will, and we should not doubt. He himself was the author of the book which bears his name. Before his life closed, he sat down to recount for the generations that should follow the story of his memorable journey to Nineveh. He tells this story humbly and impartially. It is a, it is bitter things which he writes about himself, but he extenuates nothing. He reveals his hardness of heart, his Jewish exclusiveness, and his murmuring against the Lord. He is plain in self-condemnation while over against the confession of his lack of obedience and of his charity. He places the record of God's loving kindness and tender mercy. The book exalts God and rebukes and punishes Jonah. Unlike other Old Testament books, it revolves exclusively around a Gentile nation. God is concerned for the Gentiles as well as for his covenant people, Israel. But God's messenger is a reluctant prophet who does not want to proclaim his message for fear that the Assyrians will respond and be spared by the compassionate God of Israel. Of all the people and things mentioned in the book, the storm, the lots, the sailors, the fish, the Ninevites, the plant, the worm, and the east wind, only the prophet himself fails to obey God. All these were used to teach Jonah a lesson in compassion and obedience. The four chapters divide the first commission of Jonah, 1 and 2, and the second commission of Jonah, 3 and 4. The first commission of Jonah, 1 and 2. 
See, this chapter records the commission of Jonah, chapter 1, uh, 1. The disobedience of Jonah is in 1, 3, and the judgment on Jonah is 1, 4 through 17. Jonah does not want to see God spare the notoriously cruel Assyrians. To preach a message of repentance to them would be like Israel's army. In his patriotic zeal, Jonah put his country before his God and refused to represent him to Nineveh. Instead of going 500 miles northeast to Nineveh, Jonah chose to go 2,000 miles west to Tarish to Spain. But the Lord uses a creative series of countermeasures to accomplish his desired result. Jonah's efforts to, to toward God's plan are futile. God prepares a great fish to preserve Jonah and deliver him on dry land. The fish and its divinely appointed rendezvous with the sinking prophet became a powerful reminder to Jonah of the sovereign reminder to, to Jonah of the sovereignty of God in every circumstance. While inside the fish, Jonah utters a declarative praise psalm, which alludes to several psalms that were racing to his mind. Psalms 3:8, Psalms 31, 22, Psalms 42, 7, Psalms 69, 1. In his unique prayer closet, Jonah offers thanksgiving for his deliverance from drowning. When he acknowledges that salvation 90 is the Lord, he is finally willing to obey and be used by God. After he is cast up on the shore, Jonah has a long time to reflect on his experiences during his earthwind trek of 500 miles to Nineveh. The second commission of Jonah, chapters 3 and 4, Jonah obeys his second commission. I bet he did. <laughs> Jonah obeys his second commission to go to Nineveh, chapters 3, 1 through 4, where he becomes 60 seconds. to the Ninevites. The city is vast in size, probably with wide areas for the royal palaces and crowded markets and vineyards and gardens, the most significant, magnificent of capitals. It was a great city, not only to man's thinking, but also to God's. God sorrowed over its sin, and he made his prophet travel all the way from Israel to warn it of danger. Jonah made haste and delayed not to keep God's commandment the second time it was issued. Jerusalem's day of grace was gone, but not Nineveh's. The prophet is walking object lesson from God with his skin, no doubt bleached from his stay in the fish. As he proceeds through the city... Ten seconds sermon brings incredible results. It is the most responsive evangelistic effort in history. Jonah's words of coming judgment are followed by a proclamation by the king of the city to fast and repent. Because of his great mercy, God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them. Jonah 3.10. Critics have tried to discredit the book because of the physical miracle of the prophet's preservation within the great fish, which the book narrates. But it recounts a more wonderful miracle, the moral miracle of the sudden and complete repentance of all Nineveh. They had heard of the God of Israel. They knew something of the marvelous deeds he had wrought on behalf of his people. They may have felt that, although he ruled over an alien race, it would be dangerous to disregard a message which we reached them from him. 
Even more so, it is apparent that they had learned some of the miraculous history of Jonah's mission. He was assigned to them, Jesus affirmed. In the final chapter, God's love and grace are contrasted with Jonah's anger and lack of compassion. He is unhappy with the good result of his message because he knows God uh, will now spare Nineveh. God uses a plant, a worm, and a wind to teach Jonah a lesson in compassion. Jonah's emotions shift from fierce anger to despondency, then to great joy, and finally to despair. In a humorous but meaningful account, Jonah is forced to see that he has more concern for a plant than for hundreds of thousands of people. If 120,000 children are in mind, in chapter 4, verse 11, the population of the area may have been 600,000. Jonah's lack of divine perspective makes his repentance a greater problem than the repentance of Nineveh. There is no problem with the statement that God repented of what he was about to do to Nineveh. When men change their relationship toward him, he must change his procedure toward those men. It was abhor ourselves and repent in dust and ashes. If we sorrow over our disobedience with a godly sorrow, he will lose none of his consistency when he forgives us. He will remain a just God while he is our Savior. He will prove himself a just God simply because he shows himself as Savior. His throne is supported by righteousness and judgment. It is the very foundation. The character of Jonah, sanctified in spots, a strange mix of strengths and weaknesses. He is self-willed, Jonah 1, verses 1 to 3. He is godly, Jonah 1, verse 9. He's courageous, Jonah 1, verse 12. He is prayerful, Jonah 2, verses 1 through 9. He's obedient after chastisement, Jonah chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. He is bigoted and selfish, disappointed when the Ninevites repented, Jonah 3, verse 4, Jonah 4, verse 1. He had too much concern for his own reputation. Jonah 4, verses 2 and 3. Synopsis, chapter 1, goes into the divine command, evaded the flight and punishment of the prophet. Chapter 2 goes into the prayer and deliverance. Chapter 3 is the second commission obeyed. Chapter 4, this chapter alerts us to the childish complaint of the prophet, the great exhibition of divine mercy coupled with the rebuke to the prophet. The spiritual lessons, Jonah, the peril of running away from duty, hmm. the danger of running away from duty. That means God has an assignment for you. When you dodge it, that is his danger. The second lesson, the temptation to selfish patriotism and religious bigotry. The third lesson, the divine employment of imperfect men as channels of truth. The fourth lesson, the wideness of God's mercy. Finally, prophecy dealing with Jonah himself. Jonah was a native of Lower Galilee of the tribe Zebulon. His first message as a prophet was a message of gladness in which he took delight and which brought him honor and esteem. He had foretold the success of the king of Israel, how he should regain provinces that had been lost and win back for a time the glory of his empire. 
It is strange that one whose ministry began under such bright auspices should end it under a cloud and should be presented to us as a warning. It is a warning to take heed lest we fall, showing the truth that even the saints of God are weak and brittle in themselves, in constant need of strong higher hand of a strong higher hand. When God pointed one way, Jonah moved in the opposite direction. He was appalled at the greatness and the hazard hazardous nature of the task allotted to him. And I'm not doing that assignment. He forgot that God keeps his obedient servants no matter what the danger of the task and the servant is sent on. There's another reason also for his disobedience. He could not help feeling that though he was sent to Nineveh with a threat on his lips, his mission would actually result in the reality of God's love being demonstrated. Jonah understood that God will also threaten in order to afterwards spare that the terror of the message was meant to bring the people of Nineveh to himself. Jonah had to desire to go on such a mission, which would result in compassion being demonstrated to Nineveh. Jonah had good reason for the emotions for the emotions within. Assyria was a heathen empire. While Israel was the land which God had blessed, the home of his chosen people, why should an effort be made to save the foes of the true faith? He thought himself wiser than God. He imagined that he had the interests of God's peculiar people more truly at heart. All right, that was a little on Jonah and Obadiah. Our quiz. Take a look. The major theme of Obadiah is a declaration of Judah's coming doom because of its ignorance and cruelty to Edom. So I think the major theme of Obadiah was the declaration of Edom's coming doom because of its ignorance and cruelty to Israel. So I'm going to have to say number one. Anybody wants to participate? I'll have to say, I'm going to read it again. I'm going to say false. The major theme of Obadiah is a declaration of Judah's coming doom because of his arrogance and cruelty to Edom. Now, that's false. That's false. False is correct. Good. I think that was reversed. The major theme of Obadiah is a declaration of Edom's coming doom because of its arrogance and cruelty to Judah or Israel. All right, the doom of Edom was for their pride and wrong unto Jacob. Unto Jacob? Doom of Edom was for their pride and wrong unto Jacob. Was it? It was it unto Jacob or was? Uh, it was unto Judah. Uh, they're playing with words. The doom of Edom was for their pride and wrong unto Jacob. I have to say false. It was for their pride and wrong unto Israel. Ooh, that's true. It was Jacob. Correct is true. So the doom of Edom was for their pride and wrongdoing unto Jacob. God's prophets tell us a lot about themselves. No, Obadiah didn't tell us a lot about himself, so I would have to say false. I'm going to 
Right. That's good. That was false. Obadiah did not say much about himself. Obadiah wanted people to know he was a servant of God, period, and he believed in worship of God and a humble man. Obadiah was the overseer who superintended the restoration of the temple in Josiah's day. But true. That was Obadiah was the overseer who superintended the restoration of Josiah's day. That is false. False is Obadiah is the second shortest book in the Old Testament. Uh, that is, on my own Bible, maybe it's so late. Obadiah is the second shortest book in the Old Testament. It's either the first or second, but true. False. Obadiah is the second shortest book in the Old Testament. That is false. I. It must be. Then Obadiah. Oh, right. Why did I even put that? It's not the second. It's the. It's the shortest book. It is the shortest book. It's not the second shortest book. It is the shortest book. Known that. The prophecy of Obadiah centers around an ancient feud between Edom and Israel. I should know that. That should be true. The prophecy of Obadiah centers around an ancient feud between Edom and Israel. That is true. Okay. In verses 10 to 14 of Obadiah, describes Edom's major crime of of gloating over the invasion of Jerusalem. I think that is true. And it is Ooh, that is true. They're right. They were gloating about yep. That's why they had their judgment too. Jonah is the only prophet who Jesus likened to himself. That's for other prophets. Even though it was saying three three days. Oh, true. Oh, that was true, not false. Jonah is the only prophet who Jesus liked it. That was that was true, and I, I think that was because Jonah was in the uh, the belly of the fish for three days, just like Jesus was uh, crucified and uh, in the. Um, Three days. So, yes. So, compare him to Jonah. And that was the only prophet that kind of went through a death and resurrection. So, Jonah is the only prophet who Jesus likened to himself. That answer is true. All right. God's loving concern for the Gentiles is a truth disclosed only in the New Testament. God's loving concern for the Gentiles is a truth disclosed only in the New Testament. Now, God's loving concern for the Gentiles is a truth disclosed in the Old and the New Testament. I'd have to say false. Is 
third chapter of Jonah records the greatest revival of all time as the entire city of Nineveh believes God. The third chapter of Jonah records the greatest revival of all time as the entire city of Nineveh believes God. Remember there was a whole city they said were uh, fasting and praying. So I'm going to go with true. Okay, true is correct. Okay, good. All right. Continue. Oh, there's more. All right, the fish and its divinely appointed rendezvous with the sinking prophet came a powerful reminder to Jonah of the sovereignty of God in every circumstance, true or false. Again, the fish and its divinely appointed rendezvous with the sinking prophet came a powerful reminder to Jonah of the sovereignty of God in every circumstance. I am going to say true. True is correct. All of the following are how Christ is seen in Obadiah except. Again, all of the following are how Christ is seen in Obadiah except. So Christ is seen in Obadiah as the Savior of Israel possessor of the kingdom, obedient after chastisement, judge of the nation. Except, ooh, I got it right, obedient after chastisement. Uh, um, all of the following are how Christ is seen in Obadiah, except, right, Christ didn't have to be chastised because he lived a pretty, you know, complete life. So, obedient after chastisement is the accept. Right. And and Jesus was not punished for any... Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. That's the accept. Okay. Um, Let me make sure everything is ticking. I haven't been checking my board. Let's check. Sure. Okay, all right. No audio. Oh, okay, back. Is it back on? Oh, can you hear me, Guess Five? Check this. It says no audio, It, but it looks like talk show should be on. The tape is still on, so I assume talk show is still on. Yeah, it says I'm still here on talk show, so you should be able to hear me. Guest five, can you hear me? Guest five, can you hear me in talk show? I'll be able to tell. Let's see. Let's see. Return to call in progress. Testing, testing. Yeah, it should be. Okay. Testing, testing. Yeah, it it should be. Uh, The only way there would be no audio. Why they would... Yes, fine. Guess five, you don't hear me? 
only reason there'd be no audio is when I did the muting. Oh, the mute came off. No, it's still there. Unmuted. I don't see. Some people said they were able to hear me, but okay. I hope I'm not echoing. If I'm echoing, please let me know. Let's see. I'll listen. Let's see. Am I echoing? Testing, testing. Testing. Sure. I'll do my best. We're almost done. Let's go. Let's go. We're almost done here. We're looking at our minor prophets, Obadiah and Jonah. And we're just uh, having an awesome time here learning. Oh, I can. you can hear. Okay. You were able to hear before? All right. All right, as long as you can hear. I unmuted one of the buttons, so I, I hope you were able to hear me. But you should have been able to hear from before. All right, we're finishing up our lovely quiz. Unlike other Old Testament books, Jonah revolves exclusively around a Gentile nation. Unlike other Old Testament books, Jonah revolves exclusively around a Gentile nation. I'm going to go with true. Unlike other Old Testament books, Jonah revolves around a Gentile nation. That is true. Good, it's true. Okay. The most wonderful miracle of Jonah is the sudden and complete repentance of all Nineveh. I have to say that's true. Yes, that is true. The most wonderful miracle of Jonah is the sudden and complete repentance of Nineveh. Yes. Okay, list. What was used to teach Jonah compassion and obedience? Choose all that applies. Again, we're going to list what was used to teach Jonah compassion and obedience. Choose all that applies. All right, we didn't go into lots, but I know it mentioned lots. It mentioned sailors. It mentioned worm. Uh, The fish is definitely mentioned godly. I'm going to go with godly. I think they mentioned the plant, Ninevite. Let's see how I did. Oh, godly. No. What? Godly is an X. Partially correct. It's a mission. So, let's see. How about the storm? I didn't hear anything about any storm. Wow. So, it was. Everything what was godly left out. Let's let me see. Godly was the only one that wasn't in there. Let's see. List what was used to teach Jonah compassion and obedience. Lots, sailors, worm, fish, plant, east wind, Ninevites, and storm. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's it. Okay, list what was used to teach Jonah compassion and obedience. So God used lots, he used sailors, he used worm, he used fish, he used plants, he used the east wind, he used the Ninevites, and he used the storm. Okay, all of the following are spiritual lessons from Jonah, except, ooh, one of these accepts, those are hard. All of the following are spiritual lessons from Jonah, except... A, the temptation to selfish patriotism and religious bigotry. All of the following are spiritual lessons. 
No, that's I'm gonna say that's that's a spiritual lesson, definitely. The temptation to selfish patriotism and religious bigotry, that was a spiritual lesson. Too much concern for his reputation, um, I'm not sure, I'm gonna skip that. The divine employment of imperfect men as channels of truth, that's definitely one of the lessons in Jonah. The wideness of God's mercy, definitely a lesson in Jonah. The peril, the danger of running away from duty. Oof, definitely. Wow, that's scary right there. The danger of run. Don't run away from it. If God gives you an assignment, like, don't run away. So those are definitely, these are definitely lessons in Jonah. The danger of running away from duty. The wideness of God's mercy. The divine employment of imperfect men as channels of truth. That's definite. So then the answer has to be either too much concern for his reputation or the temptation to selfish patriotism and religious bigotry. I'm going to go with too much concern for his reputation. And that is correct. Good. So all of the following are spiritual lessons from Jonah, except too much concern for his reputation. I knew they they didn't talk about that. So the spiritual lessons from Jonah, what does the book of Jonah basically teach us. It teaches us that the tempt- about temptation to selfish patriotism and religious bigotry. It teaches us the divine employment of imperfect men as channels of truth, and that's me, you, and everyone else. That God that means God can use anybody. And it te- Jonah's the story. The book of Jonah teaches us about the wideness of God's mercy. Jonah thought he was not doing, you know, he said, Lord, you don't give me this big assignment. I don't want to do it. He tried to go the other way, and um, he ended up in the belly of the fish, and God's wide mercy got him out. So that's the that's a spiritual lesson, the wideness of God's mercy. And then we have another spiritual lesson, which is the peril, the danger of running away from duty. He didn't want to accept that assignment. He went the other way, and look where he ended up, in a worse situation. Wow. Okay, Jonah did not want to see God spare the notoriously cruel Assyrians. Jonah did not want God to, Jonah did not want to see God spare the notoriously cruel Assyrians that is true or false? The answer is true. There is a problem with the statement that God repented of what he was about to do to Nineveh. There is a problem with the statement that God repented of what of what he was about to do to Nineveh. Well, God doesn't repent. So there is a problem with the statement that God repented of what he was about to do, and I have to say false. It just doesn't sound right. And that is false it is. Good. All right, Jonah had no time to reflect on his experiences while going to Nineveh. Jonah had no time to reflect on his experiences while going. That doesn't even make sense because... Uh, when he finally went to Nineveh, uh, it was after he was in that fish's belly, so he had a lot of time to reflect. So that has to be false, and false it is. Jonah is without spot or wrinkle 
on any such thing. That is false. They said Jonah had a lot of shortcomings, and false is correct. Jonah was a child of the tribe of Zebulon. I do believe I read that. That is true. Okay, Jonah did not desire compassion to be demonstrated to Nineveh. That is true. That is true. Good. Jonah learned to sorrow over his self-will. Yes, he did learn that. Let's see this put true. That is true. As Jonah proceeded through the city, this, excuse me, as Jonah proceeded through the city, his one-sentence sermon brought incredible results. That is true. In the final chapter, God's love and grace are contrasted with Jonah's anger and compassion. Let's see. In the final chapter, God's love and grace are contrasted with Jonah's anger and compassion. Now, that's false. In the final chapter, God's love and grace are contrasted with Jonah's, yes, with Jonah's compassion, I, I think, not anger. And um, I think submit all, and that's it. The most wonderful miracle of Jonah is the sudden and complete repentance of Nineveh. Yes, that was quite okay. All right, well, God's grace and mercy has brought us through. We did uh, Obadiah and Jonah, and, um, you know, it... We're just taking our time going through Bible synopsis, Bible summaries. Um, you know, urge you all to continue to read your Bible and just develop understanding. I know once you go through such a magnitude of evil in this TI program, I had to find answers. And because the magnitude of evil that was coming behind this program was just unbelievable. And the only countermeasure I know of above, uh, the only power above evil is the power of God. And that's when I said it's time to get a better understanding of what's going on here. So those who are targeted individuals, may God bless you and give you the strength to stand strong in the midst of, I know it's a very evil, evil program, and the only power over evil is the power of God. I know no other way. And um, I urge you to stay prayerful. Ask God to bless each and every T.I., those who know they are and those who don't know they are. Just give them the strength to endure. Whatever difficult situation there is, know that God is a healer if you're sick. God is a provider if you're, you're broke. You know, pray on it. God will put the right people. I mean, I know God is a miraculous God. I could testify. I met my landlord, um, you know, by coincidence. I, in fact, I was out and about, and God can use anybody, you know. And that has been a shield uh, for me in the midst of this horrific program. It's unheard of to think that they um, target people to take their income away, stop them from working, blacklist them. I mean, there's this some sick stuff. It, this program here is, is it's beyond words, and this is real. And, you know, no matter how good you are, no matter how many degrees, we have doctors, lawyers, regular people, 
you know, people that opened their own business that, you know, got put on this sick list. And um, it's only God's grace and mercy that could bring you through. And sometimes God's allowed these programs so you don't think that your good looks got you this far, that your money got you this far, that your talents, because you're so skilled, you know, you need to recognize God's favor is God's favor. Um, what the devil meant for bad, remember, God will use for good. So you come out on top of this, praising God, giving God all the praise and glory, and just come out a better person, better understanding, a better view on life, a better appreciation, then, then it was worth every bit of it. Because you don't need to be out here chasing, chasing it with these demons, being a slave, a modernized slave, uh, chasing that dollar, following these sick people, and then they have control over you and put you in the grave before your time. So we thank God for one very important aspect that's called protection over our lives and just watching over each and every praying person that they will not be taken off this planet until God decides so. And most importantly, not one T.I. will be taken out, particularly our elderly and our seniors and our babies, that eugenics will have no impact on any of us, that we will stand under God's covenant, under God's protection, and we bind and rebuke the spirit of eugenics, scientific obstructions, demonology, Voodoo, hoodoo, whatever you want to call it, we plead the blood of Jesus. That stuff will have no effect on us. And then we will continue to be onward marching soldiers on and on for God in the name of Jesus. God, we give you praise and glory. We thank you, God, for the biblical lessons that we went through tonight, the parables, the, uh, the lessons from uh, Obadiah. Look at that. He, he said, and I, I can relate to, I mean, not Obadiah, Jonah so well, I can relate to that story. You see these assignments. I saw these demons. I said, Lord, you got the judge and, and the union president and then the, the bar association lawyer. I just saw these. I said, Lord, I don't want that assignment. And then I had to, the Lord tell me, wherever you lead me, God, I will follow. So here, here we are. And I give God all the praise. I give him all the glory. And I just thank God that I can testify that these demons try to take me out. But because of God's grace and mercy, because of the blood of the Most High God, I'm still standing. I'm giving him praise and glory. And I'm doing my Bible study. So God bless you. Be strong. Um, Ann, you want to pray? Amy, you want to pray? Yes, I want to pray. Okay, God. Father, Father God, in Jesus Christ's name, we pray, Father, as we get together this hour, Father, and the guiding angels has brought us together, Father, and we hear the praise you, Father, and thank you for all the blessings you've given to us, and you help us to proceed forward, Father, in, in all your glory and in all your riches, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray forever and ever. Thank you so much. Forever Amen. And Amen. And yes, God, we ask you, God, to bless our bloodlines. Yes, Anne's bloodline, Amy's bloodline, my bloodline, my mother's bloodline, all of our bloodlines, from the top to bottom, that our children and our children's children, we decree and declare, will be men and women of God, that they will help to keep the righteous torch on this earth, and that demons will tremble 
when they line up with the assignment that God put on their lives. God, we give you praise. And here's mother. Mother, Mother's up, so she'll pray a little. Praise the Lord. We thank God for the word of God, that we, by listening and reading, we can advance in his in the way of the Lord. We ask the Lord to bless all individuals, those that are saved and those that are not saved. Bring them in from the world of sin, Heavenly Father. Oh, you have the grace, the love, the, the understanding, Lord, to bring us through. You brought me through. You could bring many others through, Lord. It's a special gift that God gives us as we take um, heed to the word of God, the biblical word. God is love. God, With God, all things can be done. Without him, we cannot do the right thing. So we thank God for the word of God tonight, Lord. And all those that continue to pray and read the Bible and praise thee, Cover them, continue to cover them with your blood, Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, bless all children. Bless those that are uh, babies, the unborn, Lord. Bless those mothers, Lord. Cover them with the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for Miriam, Heavenly Father, as you continue to strengthen her, and she give me more courage as she prays God, too. We just Pray for one another. Pray for those that are not saved. Bring them in from the world of sin, Heavenly Father. As we ask you tonight, Lord, you are able to let us know and continue to pray. Pray, pray for others, Lord. Because you you save us, you can save others. As we glorify you this morning, we thank you. Bless us individually and collectively and help us to continue the walk with the Lord. Bless Miriam. Bless her, Lord. Bless all her friends. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank you. Thank you, Mother. Amy, darling. Amy, Amy. Amy. Amy don't fell out on us. Okay. I want to say a special prayer for a brother that, you know, has been bamboozled with the income lynching. This brother has a lot of degrees, and I mean not degrees, a lot of licenses, which is a, a trade, which is almost a more financial value than any degree. And they blacklisted him, and God, the windows of heaven opened up for him where he has the opportunity, God, to get into the federal uh, system. God, we ask you, God, to bring him in there and let him know that his strength comes from you and that your favor, God. I plead the blood of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will touch him, God, to cry out to you for the coverage and the protection he needs to get in there. God, they started with their harassment already, but we plead the blood of Jesus that, God, it's a living, it's living evidence of good and evil. That he can for God that he can fully see spiritual warfare before he even got into the job. And that the Holy Spirit will touch this man to pray this thing through, and God that your mighty sovereign power, your righteous power, will reign over his time on that job, will cover him and protect him. In Jesus' name, that is my prayer. Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, just to. For um, all the um, t- 
TIs that may be uh, dealing with uh, legal abuse. Um, we I've been informed there's a great march going on by uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan. I don't judge people by their religious values. I judge them by the character of their work. And this man is having a forum, not on religion. He's having a forum on justice or else. So I'm going to play the little taping for those who are listening. And um, we did we did to the short tape. We we listened to it earlier, but I I didn't put it on the tape. So I want it on my tape. So here we go. Nobody else is talking justice or else. We ain't doing that. Justice is no party. I'm trying to. This, I'm gonna play it from the beginning. I, I don't know why this thing not going in. This USB for the speaker. I want to go to put the Muslim 
just Muslim. This Muslim ancestry. Muslim ancestry. Justice or else. Because we built this country. That's right. That's right. Our sweat and our blood. Mm-hmm. We paid for every square inch of it. We fought in the Revolutionary War. We fought in the Civil War. We fought in the War of 2015, Justice or Elf Rally in D.C. Right. 
But okay, that's October 10th, uh, March for Justice, Justice or Else, and um, it's no time for uh, any type of division when it comes to uh, righteousness. You love the Lord, you, you, you see the injustices, you see people dying at the hands of the police, oh, it's time for change. And um, we just give God all the praise and the glory that this change is going to come about. Okay, Amy, you want to pray? And we we thank our sister uh, Amy and our brother Glenn and many others for that that told us about that uh, march and urge you to join with that march. Okay. All right. Amy, you there? You need to do some serious research on Louis Calypso Farrakhan. <laughs> what do you mean? Be more specific. Give me something to put in there. Look, are you doing anything about justice or else before you condemn him? I, yeah, I told you this is beyond um, uh, looking at prejudicial views, Okay. All right, we're in a very serious time. Maybe you're you're not innocent people around you are not being shot down and killed by these police, and they're using legal abuse to take every dime you have. Nobody else talking about it. So, um,
that's what somebody put in my uh, put in talk show. Unless you got some valid uh, information that can be substantiated, don't even go there with me because I'm not the one. But I am willing to read and research. But right now, Justice or Else Conference. Oh, right now, I, I could care less who's 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 putting that together. It needs to be done. And if the people were really on their right job, you know, we would all be joining together because that, that's we're dealing with a very demon uh, government, okay, that's turning on its people. So right now, justice or else sounds really good to me, okay, because my name is not cash cow or sucker, and I am sick of everything that man said as I have been impacted by. They are using these systems to take the poorest of the poor people's money to make a false phenomenon of supremacy people look rich? I mean, that that is beyond insanity. You could just write a ticket and give it to these people like it's okay. Something wrong with you. My name is not Sucker. So, um, you know, look, I just pray that that man and all the praying people behind him will be successful in bringing about change. And I think we need to all be working on the same agenda. And, um, okay, anybody else have any comments? If not, we're going to have to close out here. And, um, Amy, any announcements? Any any prayer, anything? Cut our tapes off and um, see if anybody wants to talk. Somebody's got some heavy, uh, some heavy. I don't know whose phone that is, but are uh, you blowing?